Big Shiny Robot Podcast is brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery. This is Tyson. This is John. This is Rebecca. This is Nick. This is still Tom. This is Lucas. And you're listening to the Big Shiny Robot Podcast. Alright. Gonna podcast in your face. Okay. Hi. Coming into your ear holes. <laughs> ear holes. Ear holes. <laughs> Those are the two most different intros ever. Okay, hi. <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get with the big shiny robot podcast. Hey, you usually know what you're gonna get. Here, so it's just the fortress of solid dudes all up in your ear holes. <laughs> it's nobody in the fortress of solid dudes. We're so solid we be isolating. <laughs> um Guess what, what I watched doing? last night, Tyson? What? Uh, the Shogun World episode of Westworld. Oh, it was a good episode. So, uh, one thing I do find interesting is, well, like I have no idea what the fuck is going on with the timeline. Again, it's doesn't matter until the end. Like I just I tried yeah. to figure it out at first, and like it doesn't matter. Yeah, like I I've kind of let it go, and they they've kind of let the stuff with Bernard go a little bit because that's kind of what they're using to travel. Bernard Arnold. Bernard Arnold. Um, and but then, like at the end of the Shogun episode, they jump to what I'm assuming is probably going to be the end of the season is you know all the hosts in the lake. So oh, that's wait at the end of the Shogun episode that was that they show no. like they, no they showed Teddy's body laying around mm-hmm. and they're talking they were talking about they've been dredging the lake of bodies and they quickly and they quickly uh, showed like two of the people standing over the lake because they they show but all, then it flashed back does they show all the bodies in like the episode before yeah so they've dredged it. And they're talking about like a third of them are blank. blank. Yeah, yeah. Which are so the like, ones that Arnold's creating? It's like they were maybe not. Maybe they're faking it. Maybe they're gonna rise up. Sure. I don't know. But I don't. This. So. I mean, it's definitely about the journey. Like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been fantastic so far. I guess Once people again, bitched about this episode. I'm like, why? This was amazing. They're probably racist against. Yeah, they had fucking Musashi. Like they had Bray Fencer fucking Musashi, and they're like, "How are you upset? How are you upset about that shit?" So good, and um, I loved that they. So they're walking through the shit like the the Shogun version of Sweetwater, basically, mm-hmm. and um, they start playing the Japanese oh, version of Paint It Black. Yeah, and it's just like. It's the exact same fucking like yeah. it's just it's the same story and then just that British dude so had some like great scenes this time like you try writing three hundred stories in a month like, <laughs> and they're like it's plagiarism and, and like I'm sitting here thinking I'm kind of taking his side I'm like can you plagiarize your own work and like, like I work in corporate America I fucking get it bro. yeah, yeah like, like I'm with you man like I've, solidarity I've copy pasted my way to success uh, yeah. before <laughs> yeah so but no that that was kind of a great juxtaposition and so we've seen three different worlds now right we've seen Westworld Shogun World and then whatever like colonial India yeah, yeah. like uh like yeah that world i mean yeah. albeit briefly i was a little bit bummed out that in the shogun episode that like they just dropped william and his daughter for a whole episode yeah, so, yeah. i don't know stuff tends to happen a lot and um i'm just impatient yeah. i wanted like immediate follow-up on yeah. that sure but i guess like he what... didn't seem super thrilled to see her so i wonder what's going well, on because he said earlier in the season like no she probably wants me dead yeah like that's an inter- i can't remember who he's talking to about oh it's um the dude who has the family in that little town. 
I can't remember his name. Hector. Is it Hector? Hector. Yeah, he's like, oh, you have a daughter, mm. right? Like, oh, God, you I care about her or whatever. Hector. Otherwise, we're racist as shit. No, it's uh, it's, it's Lawrence. Lawrence. It's Lawrence. You're right. It is Lawrence. Yeah. But he's like, he's like, you have a family, right? You have a daughter. You can do anything to back to Like, actually, now she probably wants me dead. And so I, I thought, I mean, they covered that enough. And yeah. But I also think that his journey is a little short. Like, at this point, they're all riding horses. They've got tons of ammo. They've got guns. They've got a little army. Like their trajectory is pretty fucking straight. Like what's going oh, yeah, to stop them sure. from getting to wherever they're going. Right. It's just, it's a matter of kind of figuring out what the end game right. for him is meant to be. So I, man, I just, I, I was, I was so excited for the, like I said, I, I mean, obviously I'm invested in game of Thrones right? and I'm excited for the final season next year. Yep. But even before the previous season of game of Thrones came out, like I have been looking so fucking forward to season two of Westworld. And maybe because it's like kind of the new IP for them for HBO and everything. But I just I I think the concept is a little bit more. I don't know. It's a little bit more fun for it's. I think it's a little bit more in my alley because I've never really been like the fantasy dragons as much as I love Game of Thrones and stuff like the sci fi Western stuff. is a little bit more in my alley. And like I think too, like so with Game of Thrones, something that I see is like there's only so much they can do to surprise and shock you. Right. Because fantasy is I mean, it's not like isolated, but we have like thousands of years of fantasy in our minds to kind of just like control that. And we've got Lord of the Rings and we've got all the Dungeons and Dragons we've Mm -hmm. played and we've got all this stuff that we've built up. So like there are there's kind of rules to fantasy. Yeah, there's tropes. Yeah. So there's only so much they can do to like really blow you away but with Westworld I feel like because they're in this like sci-fi futuristic transfer of consciousness type situation like mixed on top of western tropes right colonialism tropes tropes. they just have a lot of they have a lot of running, like running around. Like, well, they and they're, go also, anywhere. they're also not beholden to anything because right. Michael Crichton wrote the, the, the script for the movie back in the eighties or something like that. Right. I haven't 70s, watched the original seventies. So you have it on your plaque. I know I downloaded it with the intent to watch it and yeah. I just never fucking did. But like, that's, I fell asleep. that's yeah. it. So I, I feel like they're not beholden to that. Right. At all. Where, whereas with, no, you they know, just do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. And with game of Thrones too, like you think about it, there's so much like fan familiarity and so much floating around that you don't get a surprise. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's something mm-hmm. I've loved about Westworld and I like them both evenly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's definitely two lanes on the same highway. Yeah. But the mind fuck is a lot harder with Westworld because I don't know what to expect. Where with game of Thrones, I kind of look at it and then I have people talking to me that have read all the books. They're kind of like, well, this has to kind of go this way. And, where Westworld, I feel like, is just un- uncharted just, territory. Yeah. So is Dolores' endgame to just take over like, and make Westworld I, free? I'll tell you in the end of a season, maybe? I don't yeah, think like, I don't think Dolores is actually she, acting under her own volition. I think she's coded. Like, I think this is actual Dolores' story from Arnold, and I think that she doesn't really quite know where she's going, but she is part of the larger game because they keep dropping these hints where it's like, where he'll talk to, like, a bot that's clearly Arnold talking to him, uh, William. And they'll say shit like, well, it's part of your game. And I think she's... Oh, you she's mean Ford. Ford, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah like yeah. Um, Lawrence's girl. daughter yeah. talks to... It's, it's Ford talking to him. Yeah, and I, I think that... I really think that she's not actually under her own volition. I think this is her story. It's her backstory. Just like... Um, what is his name? The guy that we thought was a human in season one, and then he turned out to be... And now he's like he's a time travel guy. Bernard. Bernard, yeah. Like, just like Bernard had a backstory that we didn't realize was a backstory. I kind of think that, I think we're getting double-crossed here. I think that she's a she's a host, but she acts, this specific her actually has a totally different backstory coded, that is Ford's long she's game. She's coded to behave as if she's free. 
Yeah, and she's not free. And I, I really believe people that. People have so many theories. There's another theory that they're all in the goldfish bowl like the Delos guy was where they're just reliving the same thing. Oh, shit. I, I, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're trying to see, like, they're giving them all total leniency to see if they can finally obtain that, like, that script. Well, yeah, I mean, well, that, and that's the, I mean, that's the ultimate goal of the company, right? Like right. they keep talking about their intellectual property and stuff. And I mean, their intellectual property spans all sorts of things, right? The coded hosts are definitely right. like one of their IPs, but the ultimate goal that they're trying to do is right. to create a host. Like that's why they call them hosts. I think yeah. truly Transfer. is that they want to be able to offer rich people an opportunity to live forever by transferring their consciousness into one of their bodies. Right. But so far the best they've gotten is it took them like what, 30 years to get one of them with a consciousness to yeah. survive like 35 days or something like right. that. So uh, it's, that's obviously their ultimate goal. And that's what Tessa Thompson's character is after that. Unless you know. she's a fucking fake. Right. <sighs> what you, is, don't, you don't know. Like, yeah, yeah that's, that's the thing. That's people just get crazy. I just like, I love this show. Well, and, the, yeah. and I think that's one of the other, the other things about this show is that with, Game of Thrones, you had to be careful looking into theories because there was also the people who read the books that their theories were a little bit more educated based on right. like the trajectory of the books or well, if we were still in the seasons that were following, uh, you know, more or less the books. And then you had script leaks too. With yeah. People yeah. like mixing script leaks into their quote unquote theories, but it was really they just read the fucking script. Yeah. yeah. And then like, oh, look, I was right. And like, eh, well, I mean, people guessed script. all of Westworld. Yeah. They guessed the whole first season correctly. Man. Yeah. Which yeah. I flat out said like that's a fucking stupid idea yeah but, but on paper but the, it's fucking but yeah. wonderful but that's the fun <laughs> thing though is that I mean. you know there haven't been any script leaks like to kind of trance into that those uh you know whether you're on reddit or whatever and look at those theories is that i do, i enjoy doing that because i don't feel like it nothing can be spoiled because if someone happens to be right then they kind of put those pieces together on their own and to me that's kind of fun so even yeah. just kind of getting theories from the community i think also kind of adds to my enjoyment of the show right. because i have my own theories so i get online and like well i think this let me find an article that that somehow maybe someone's maybe put the pieces of this together more than i have yeah, yeah. So, um what uh, so speaking of online shit fucking internet saved brooklyn 99 yeah i mean we can't do anything you know, with gun control, but God damn it, we can save, <laughs> save a TV well, show. Well, this is like an easy save. I know, I know. Um, it's low-hanging fruit. Because, like, you know, the show gets canceled, but then the parent company for it is like, oh, people are really upset about this. We'll take it over. Because they were already doing the production. Fox wasn't doing the production. Yep. So it's an easy save. Well, and it, it was also an easy save because the show was originally created for NBC. Right. Um, obviously, with the tie of Andy Samberg to Saturday Night Live and Lord and even Michaels. The, and, I think like the show creator is the same guy that did uh, Parks and Rec or something like that. Yeah, I'd something have to like look it up. Yeah, so there's all sorts of linkages already to NBC. And so I think... But they owned the production already. Right. And so I think it was easy for NBC or whoever to, to look at that and say... Holy shit. I mean, because for one thing, it was the highest rated live action comedy uh, on on Fox for like the main demographic, which is like adults 18 to 50 something. Right. And so I think that was an easy save for NBC to look at. Like, hey, remember that show we passed on and probably regret a little bit? Let's go ahead and reclaim it. So and I mean, I know it sounds silly, but Brooklyn Nine-Nine, man, that is like one of the shows that. Like, I just enjoy watching. It it's, just makes me happy. It's like, it's got everything. Like you, the characters are hilarious. The jokes take time to build. The cold openings are oh, amazing. God, yeah, and like 
the characters are actually people you like. Like yeah. you actually, even like Scully and- Oh, they're um, fucking hilarious. Yeah, and yeah. like, I kind of, like, I like those dudes. They're pieces of shit, but yeah. that's what makes them funny. Like, yeah, yeah. Because like, so, everybody knows people like those guys in the office that do like the bare fucking minimum. And the thing that I love about those guys is they're just so upfront about it. Like, yep. like we made this nap room. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're actually like, like wicked smart, right? But yeah. they just, they're done. They're tired of being well, wicked smart. Captain Holt is a fucking revelation. Oh my like, God. Uh, he's to me, for me, oh. he is arguably the funniest character on the show. And, and he's also like, like I learn shit from his character all the time. Yeah. Like him talking about, like this whole thing they've been doing with him wanting to become the commissioner and how much he's had to fight for as like the first like black and openly gay police chief and this mm-hmm. whole, not police chief. No, he's a uh, police captain, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like that whole thing. And then like the commissioner and then him because really learning he needs to be a better person because he's against a woman and she would be the first young woman. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's great. But they do it in like a, such a tongue in cheek way. Yep. I mean, everything they've done. I mean, they've, they've, and, and I think that's why so many people like it, because there's a character for everyone to relate to on there. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, with Rosa and her bisexuality storyline right. uh, from this season, you know, um, it just feels so like natural. And maybe it's maybe it's I mean, I'm sure it helps that uh, Stephanie Beatrice is bisexual herself. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's a very personal storyline for her. Um, what's that? Just, what's that line she says to her dad? Did you just Google how to talk to your LG, your <laughs> bisexual daughter? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a start, Dad. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm trying, and so there's like a lot of sweet moments. It's just, it's a great show. I'm glad it got saved. I mean, when I heard it had been canceled, I, I was, le- I mean, shows come and go. Right, it is what it is. But I was legit bummed. Well, and it's been a long time since I've had like a show that I'm actually willing to wait weekly to watch. I mean, like, yeah, Game of Thrones, yeah, Westworld, yeah. but like other than it's that, a little different. Yeah, like, this isn't like a big overarching like immense story. It's a situational comedy, and it's twenty two right. minutes. Yeah, yeah. it's a twenty two minute situational comedy. Yeah. And, and I look forward to that twenty two minutes every week as much as I look forward to Bob's Burgers. Yeah, like same it's here. right up there. Bob's it's, Burgers and Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's is my, my Sunday. That's well. So I I don't watch it live on Sunday. I watch right, it Monday night. Yeah, but Monday is like. That's my that's my go to yeah. that evening. Well, apparently, Monday. like why Fox? Like a, a lot of it. So like we said, NBC actually was producing it, and I, and then Fox revives Tim Allen's Last Man Standing, Boo. which aired on yeah, it, it, which aired on ABC. But Fox is the one that was producing it. So they just like switched back. I met in that show doesn't last but another season. Like it'll do one season because they used to do this shit back in the nineties too. Like Step by Step got canceled and then renewed by CBS, and it mm-hmm. lasted one season, and it was a year later, and then it just died. Yeah. I think Brooklyn Nine Nine will definitely last more. Well, and that's different because so yeah, it is. I looked yeah, it I up. It's, it's Michael Schur, and he did The Office. Oh, he yeah. did Parks and Rec. He's behind The Good Place. Yeah, mm. all like the uber successful. He was on NBC SNL comedies. Yeah, he was a writer for SNL. So like very different. I think what it is is that these networks are getting back to producing their own shows, which segue is what fucked The Expanse. So yeah. sci-fi. Was not producing it, obviously. Oh, okay. They also only had first airing rights. Oh. Oh, so they can't show reruns? And they're not making shit. They're yeah. not making any money from it. Yeah, that's a problem. So that's why The Expanse was a much harder pickup. So they're being produced by a company called Al- um, Alcon, A-L-C-O-N. Mm-hmm. And apparently Bezos was actually like pissed that Amazon wasn't producing it or airing it. <laughs> like he really likes this show. So they're in talks to get it picked up on Amazon, but it's expensive 
but it's also i mean it's it's a sci-fi and there's a lot of shit like best space drama since battlestar oh it's so good and it's so fucking like that whole and i so anna and i listened to the book the right. first book you got me into the books yeah and, and i haven't read we haven't read beyond that but i will tell you that it was the first time i actually like since parasite eve that i actually wanted to read a book which Dude. for me is impressive because i'm not a reader i'm a gamer but like Seeing that and scene, you can't be both. Nope, not possible. <laughs> um, now, when you play games, way too much. Um, but that scene in the first season, I think it's the first season, maybe the second, where he finds Julie, and she's tethered into the ship, and they're trying to guide the ship away from Earth. Oh, it's just the blue. Sp- it was just I got emotional because it was like I remember hearing this in the book and just loving it, and seeing it recreated visually was just fucking. Oh, so Somebody good. was live tweeting the finale, like they. So the big thing is. You know, the Expanse, and they're out in space, and this alien shit happens, and right. then they get into this area, and they showed this thing that's a huge reveal in the book, and they that was in the, the episode that just aired, and everybody was like, they fucking got it. Like, holy shit, they got it right. And so it's a bummer, like, if the show were to end right. there. Because, I mean, the books are three separate trilogies, really. That sounds right. Um, same characters, like, they get... In the last book that I just read, like, everybody's getting old, and they're all fucked up, and they're like, can we just retire? <laughs> Can we just so stop? They, they actually retire. Like they're on season three right now, right? Yeah. See, and I, so have, I, just I haven't barely, watched season three at all. I barely got into it. I'm like two episodes in because I saw all the people raving about season three, like when it started. And then I had multiple people come to me like, you got to start watching the expanse. I haven't, I, it's been slow watching because it's like, it's one of those shows that I have to watch. It's, <laughs> well, yeah, so, you have to pay attention. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a drama. It's a, yeah. Also, opera. I didn't know Thomas Jane was in it. He's fucking yeah. incredible like, in it. I'm a huge Thomas Jane fan, oh, so, so good. I, I had no clue he was in it. So His character I, gets crazy. Yeah. His, but it, yeah. it's, I mean, I, I'm glad it's continuing on for my benefit. For uh, Hopefully season four will come out like right when I get caught up. Yeah. <laughs> that's if how season long four take. gets made. Yeah, if it gets made, right? Yeah. Um, Deadpool? Yeah, go for Or Tom, do you want to talk about Solo real quick? Yeah, you saw Solo. So it's interesting. I find it weird that I'm the only one here at the table that saw Solo because I am the <laughs> least interested in Star Wars on the entire podcast. Say, I feel like you and I tie for that. Yeah. But and I've it's... got the Rebels tattoo on my forearm. Right. <laughs> but um, so I think I liked it more than Rogue One. Um, And something. So uh, we went for work. Um, Our work like bought out of theater and we all went and. Um, well, not our, yeah. So Brenton, who's like one of my coworkers, I think he explained why I liked it so much. He said, "You know what I liked is that they don't mention the Force." Hmm. And I was like, "Is there a single lightsaber in the whole movie?" That's what I was curious about. Is if you see like a single? I feel Jedi. like answering that. Yes, there is. Okay, there is a lightsaber, yeah. but they just like never talk about the Force, and I love that because it's like I think that's part of what burned me out on Star Wars is that weird Jedi religious nonsense that is constantly talked about that is so fucking like, well, the Jedi was a religion, but no one's ever heard of it. Motherfucker, they're deflecting stuff. Like like that whole ambiguous nonsense. It wasn't that long ago. Right. Like you guys forgot about a religion in 10 years. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, wait, wait. um, So even like in Rogue One, right? It's not about that, but there's still all the talk from like the leadership of the rebels. Well, and there's like, may the force be with you. And it's like, none of these people have the force. Like, yeah. And so this, being completely decoupled from that, I really liked it. And I actually, like, the characters were cool. Um, I really liked Chewbacca. So having a movie with Chewbacca fucking romping around is pretty dope. I've heard some uh, pretty big praise for the actor playing young Han Solo. He did a great job. Because uh, really they said, the article I did read on it that was spoiler-free um, about it was that he was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because he had to... Uh, 
be young Han Solo, who we've never seen before. So well, he's not that far off from what Harrison Ford played, but he's he's trying to play Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Right, right. and that's, that's what they were saying. Is... And like Harrison Ford was just like a carpenter not that long before he did the yeah. movie, and he was also kind of just like had this exasperatedness to him, mm-hmm. which the that so it sounds like he did well. He was put in a really fucked up situation. Yeah. And that's what they're saying is like, he was put in a tough position yeah. and he, for all intents and purposes, did super well with the part. I don't know if you know Versus that. you I, I, got Donald Glover. Who's like, I just got to act like fucking Donald Glover. Well, no, he's got to <laughs> act like, um, what's that guy's actual name? Um, he's got to act like the actor that played Lando in the seventies. Right. And it's just got to be like a really cocky. He's like, just got to be very like, Drinking Colt 45, smooth. <laughs> Billy D. Right. Williams. Billy D. Yeah, he's got to just play Billy D. Capes. Williams. Yep. That's oh, all man. he's got to do. There's a great cape joke in the movie. <laughs> and great. All, like, uh, so everybody's freaking out. Like, we need a Lando movie. We need a Lando movie. And Donald Glover should direct it. And I'm just like, okay, sure, whatever. Make the movie. Not have <laughs> Donald. That's not his direction style. Yeah. Especially if you look at the stuff that him and uh, Hiro Murai are doing. Yeah. Everything they're doing is very otherworldly weird in a good way and I, yeah and i also don't know that like based on this movie i don't know that i that lando like can lando carry his own movie yeah like i don't know that his character's deep enough like we don't need any more of this shit yeah like do we just figure out that well, lando gets cloud city like is that what happens like i guess we could see how lando gets cloud city maybe i don't know i just i feel like people are getting star wars fatigue worse than they're getting superhero sure. fatigue. i yeah. think so i think and so too but also the unfortunate thing is that Star Wars fatigue is rearing its ugly head as people just fucking Are shitty about shitty. Yeah, things. Just right. Bitching about it. Because like for me, I mean, obviously I didn't rush to the theater opening night to see Solo. Right. Right. But I was excited for it to come out because mm. like for me, Star Wars is Star Wars and I'm excited to see it. And I probably I, I can't imagine them doing something that uh, that I wouldn't like at least any i mean and here's the thing i'm not a i'm not a, a prequel apologist nor am i the biggest fan of it but if i sit down to watch star wars i include the prequels yeah. like that's, that's i mean t- that's just how i am so a young solo movie cool yeah give it to me let's let's see how it goes you know it sounds like next on the table is boba fett which i don't get the uh mm. i don't get the obsession with boba fett because he's such like you go back and somebody was talking about uh it's like you really want a movie about a guy that doesn't have any fucking lines and he gets knocked into some like he gets killed by a blind guy's butt as a burp joke yeah, yeah. Right. they say he get, he gets knocked into a hole by a blind guy as a setup for a burp joke yeah, yeah, yeah. that's i saw that tweet too but so, it, so, it, so i don't think we need it but also at the same time if they're gonna make mm. it We'll see. see we'll see how much they do because this is only on track for maybe 110 million for the opening weekend. Really? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be. It's a 250 million dollar movie. Yeah, yeah, that's disappointing because like it was actually good. Like, I it think. Was actually I think the 250 is also because they had to do a ton of reshoots with Ron Howard. Yeah. So, and I've got to do some googling um, on it because there's some stuff that happens in the movie that made me try to figure out what the timeline of the movie actually was. Do you guys know where it falls? It's. it's uh, is it after one? After two? It's after he gets killed by his son right now <laughs> spoilers yeah. um yeah i'm not mm. sure you'll have to i just need to know because there's a couple things that happen in the movie that i'm like that's ambiguous and so i would like to figure out where this timeline falls because there's some things ambiguous like lando sexuality yeah he's in love with the droid do you want to um, um, tell me about deadpool oh i still oh. want to tell you about deadpool so spoiler heavy so first off i, I want to lead this off because yeah yeah John and I kind of... You guys got like five minutes on Deadpool. Okay. Uh, John and I 
and obviously Rebecca and Nick and well, mostly you, you and your LaCroix and rum. Hey, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we tried to do a primer on Deadpool for our, <laughs> our for one of our episodes, like either the last or the one. Before. You brought the rum into the house. You gave them so much information. Oh, my that don't fucking God. Matter. So, you know, John and I, we spend like, what, 10 minutes just going back and forth about all Tana, or John and, had a fucking book of yeah, notes, yeah, like pages, notes, pages yeah. of notes. We're going through all this stuff. And like I said, spoilers, X-Force. Aside from Domino and Deadpool, obviously, are in the movie for all of four minutes. Maybe five. <laughs> I mean, they, they get introduced during that whole segment that you see in the trailer where they're answering the, the right, Craigslist ad. ad. So you see the majority of their screen time in the trailer. Yeah, exactly. Except for, except for the Vanisher, who you see his screen time for about three seconds. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably being generous. <laughs> um, but it's just it, the crazy thing. I mean, it's just so... I know the studio does this like with other things, like with Thor, all the trailers, uh, Ragnarok, they, they all showed him with two eyes. And so then it was, you know, that doesn't spoil that. But they shot scenes with X-Force specifically right. for the trailer, which I hope they're on the deleted scenes because I still want to see them. Right. But I mean, you clearly see like uh, Terry Crews' character punching somebody out. You see Shatterstar doing the fire out of his swords or whatever. That was all shot for the trailer because yep. they all die, like they jump out of that plane and they don't make it to and, the ground. Yeah, they and if they do, that it's even more tragic because yeah. they end up in wood chippers. Yep. So X Force <laughs> gets just obliterated, which is hilarious, but also at the same time, it's like fuck. <laughs> you know, and we're sitting here thinking like we're talking that oh yeah, this is going to be like the perfect segue to the X Force movie, which is still on track. So I don't know what they're going to do. But I mean, they can do whatever they want because Deadpool's fixing them timelines. Yeah, exactly. So, but I mean. I know John was a little upset by that because I know he really loves X-Force. And I texted him right after the movie. I was like, dude, X-Force. He's like, I know. I was pissed. But he, lo- I know he loved the movie too. But um, man, it was just, what a great fucking follow-up. And Cable was awesome. Cable was amazing. Um, Josh fucking Bro- Brolin just killed it. It was a superhero <laughs> movie right? this year, man. Brolin, man. He's having a great month. Um, but uh, a great, like, two weeks. Yeah. I was actually surprised, like, uh, how, um, like, kind of how heartfelt some of Deadpool was. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming, which is arguably, I mean, depending on which Deadpool you subscribe to, you know, could be perceived as out of character. But I think for movie Deadpool, it works really I, well. And plus, any more Marina back, background that we can get, yeah, I'm all for it. Dude, that, I mean, all I have to say about it is it's my favorite Marvel movie. I liked it better than everything and else. you're not the only person I've heard say that. I, I, I loved Infinity War. Yeah. I love what they've done with like, the MCU, but this is the best movie. They could just make like 10 more Deadpool movies and I'd be fucking fine with it. How, how long do you think uh, McAvoy and those others had to be on set for that one? <laughs> Where the fuck that are one the rest scene? of the Where X-Men? The fuck are do the you think of... the studio could throw us a... Oh, <laughs> they, they shut, shut the door. <laughs> They're all hiding in an office. That's amazing. They're like having a so yeah. So he's yelling at Colossus once again about there not being any other X Men, and, and it's showing him yelling. And behind him, the doors open, and there's McAvoy in the wheelchair, like, and all the other X Men. Like Beast, Beast is in there. full costume, like full fucking makeup, and he's got the door, and he just they all kind of like have this look on their face, and like Beast just like quietly shuts the door. Uh, <laughs> so, like I died. Like there are. I can't, this is one of those movies I cannot wait for it to come out on digital because I know there is jokes that I missed because I was laughing my ass off. Right, but you need to watch it joke. at home mm-hmm. where there's not laughter drowning and all I'll, out. Like there was there was a point in the movie. So when he gets torn in half by Juggernaut, <sighs> fuck, and uh, he grows back those little baby legs. So he's got toddler legs, straight shirt cocking it, <laughs> and he's shirt cocking it. I was out of breath. <laughs> like and he basic instinct cable with a baby dick. Oh god. Like, 
<laughs> I was yeah, like, I was dead. Like I was wheezing in the theater. I could barely contain my fucking <laughs> he's, self. He's and just, and there's and I mean all the characters in there. Domino, uh, what's his what's his fucking sexual harassment guy? Sexual harassment. Oh, T.J. Miller. Terror yeah. Uh, you know they're all in, and they're just rapid firing these one liners, and I'm just, I'm, it was, I was like, stop! You guys have to fucking stop! Like, <laughs> like every funny thing you could say about the situation is just gonna throw it at you. Yeah. It was fucking brilliant. Speaking of T.J. Miller, your time is up. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Boom! End podcast. Well, first, a message from our sponsor, the Church of Pizza. Hello again, brothers and sisters, and this week's thought and inspirational moment of the Church of Pizza comes from the Book of Olives. And therefore the cheese did ascend upon the Mount of Olives. And they were asking many questions of it. They were yelling and shouting towards the pizza. And the pizza, it did not reply. Instead, it sat and reached out one cheesy hand and drew in the dirt a little bit. And again, it sat. And then it looked up and it said, Let those of you who was without sin cast the first stone. Better yet, my friends, it said, let them bring the first pizza cutter and let them, let them eviscerate her. And the crowd was silent. Because as all know, in the Church of the Slice, we are all sinners. And again, it doth not matter. For all we need is the warm embrace of our Lord Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna try to give you something to start on. Okay. Emily just sent me this picture. All right. You'll see. know exactly what it's from because I know you. Yeah, it's from Friends. Pivot. Pivot. No, she just Pivot. sent me that. She's been watching that. So um, I, I guess uh, so. We're gonna do our "What's Making You Happy" segment mm-hmm. real quick. So I get you know we just talked about it. I am super stoked that Brooklyn Nine Nine got picked up again. Uh, I think I've pretty much said like all I have to say about that show, but it's an excellent show that deserves to keep going on. And to keep keep making its audience laugh and be happy. So Tom? super stoked on that. So there is a tweet that went out, and I'm gonna go pull it up real quick. <clears throat> so it's from at non aesthetic things, and it's a screenshot, and this woman says, Fellas, your mom is in cardiac arrest and your wife is about to give birth. They're in two different hospitals. Which one are you going to? And this person quote tweeted it and said, My mom's gonna have to spend a night in jail. I ain't missing my baby's birth. I'll just bail her out tomorrow. And then someone replies, why the fuck would your mom be in jail? And they say, you just said she's in cardiac arrest. <laughs> and that's my favorite tweet. Oh my God. That makes me happy. Oh, that is amazing. Um, so as soon as I leave here, I'm going to go pick up another dog because that's what I do. This one is a 13-year-old border collie that was uh, seized by animal control for neglect. But just- she's super happy in the house right now and likes to play fetch. Is her name and- Haru? No, that's that's a random. I just made up a name. Her in name. My head. Her name is Nona, which <laughs> oh, is Italian for grandma. Close. Close. It's almost a room. <laughs> it's like it's in Europe instead of Japan. It's almost there. But, uh, yeah, that's all. Okay, now in podcast. Now, bye. This episode has been brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery, located at 94 East Fort Union Boulevard in Midvale, Utah. Please make sure to like and rate us on iTunes. Thank mm-hmm. you.